Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan here tonight. As we bring you Talking Circles tonight, we're going to discuss Kyle Larson's win, his first win at Hendrick Motorsports, his first win over two years in the NASCAR Cup Series. We're going to discuss that. Plus, we'll look at the NASCAR Xfinity Series race with John Hunter Nemechek went to victory lane. It was his uh, excuse me, NASCAR Xfinity race that was uh, A.J. Allmendinger going to victory lane there. John Hunter Nemechek went to victory lane in the uh, – Camping World Truck Series event at Las Vegas Motor Speedway on Friday night. 917-889-8280. That's the number to call here tonight at Talking Circles. If you want to discuss anything on Talking Circles tonight from the weekend at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, we will discuss it with you tonight. But listen, first and foremost, guys, Kyle Larson going to victory lane. A very impressive win for a guy who hadn't been given the most credit as far as running this uh, 550 package. A lot of people kind of said when, when this 550 package first came about that Kyle Larson didn't really know how to do it and uh, you know he wasn't the best at it. Well, here we are, two races into his tenure at Hendrick Motorsports, and Larson's really figured out this mile, this mile and a half 550 package here with Hendrick Motorsports, and he wins the Pennzoil 400 today from Las Vegas. Uh, Spencer, since it's your guy, I'll start with you. What was your thoughts with Kyle Larson's victory today? at uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty um, pretty dominant performance. I mean, you know, he had a car that was able to um, just pick guys off one by one. You know, he would come out of the – you know, he had – he didn't have to do that much because his pit crew was on point today. They were fast on pit road. And he was able to get out. But you saw when he um, was starting eighth or ninth, he was really able to pick a guy's – pick a couple guys off on the restart and then as the long, as the run continued he was able to really pick them off um, one by one at a, at a pretty uh fast pace so i mean like you said he hasn't his last win was at dover of 2019 and you know there was all kinds of talk you know he's he's been through a lot in the last year of everything he's done and for him to come back and run the way he has just not at vegas i mean it's the whole year ran top 10 all day in the daytona 500 had a shot to win the uh, the road course, just messed up on a turn, and was you know was pretty good at uh, Homestead as well. You know was running top three a lot of the nights. So, um, and then comes and backs it up with a win. So I, th- I think you have to give the guy props on what he's able to do. Um, you can't you know people were sitting there saying the 550 package isn't going to work for him. This guy he's one of those guys he can get in anything and compete. You can put him in an Indy car, um, which that was his was kind of his route to go when he first started all this. Um, he could, I mean, he's one of those guys that is, will be good in anything. So I don't think the package clearly, I mean, obviously it doesn't really affect him. Uh, he had a really good race car and I think he, um, once he was out front, he was, he was hard to pass. So, uh, the long runs definitely helped him and, um, you know, it's pretty cool to see him back in victory lane. Everybody congratulating him. So, um, this is one of many of this year. I can tell you that. And we discussed on this show uh, last year, the last few years, about Hendrick Motorsports and just the fact that they have been, you know, so far off on the mile-and-a-half programs for so many years. It's really been you – know, I, I think we even agreed that it was been since 2015 at one point last year since we saw truly Hendrick Motorsports, 
you know, spreading their wings and flex, flexing their muscle on these mile-and-a-half tracks. Jimmy obviously won a championship uh, in 2016 with, with that. Um, but, Philip Matthew, I'll ask you this. Byron wins last week at Atlanta uh, – excuse me, at uh, Homestead. Um, Vegas it goes to Kyle Larson. Won a couple of races a mile-and-a-half tracks. Uh, we know what Chase Elliott did last year in the playoffs. Is Hendrick Motorsports back – in your eyes, is this the Hendrick Motorsports that we've all kind of seen here? I think a lot of people figured, well, Stuart Haas is around, Joe Gibbs, um, Team Penske, and they certainly have had their run here of late the last couple of years. But my question is, is Hendrick Motorsports officially back in your eyes, Philip Matthew? I mean, I, I what I will say is with young money going out there and winning today, after a great run last week, you had Will Byron, who won his first race on a cookie-cutter, um, dominant performance similar to um, Young Money today. Um, add the fact that this is, I think, Cliff Daniels' first win as a cup crew chief. Maybe we're second. I don't know. Probably it feels like it's his first. Um, you know, this team, the 40, this is the old 48 team. Uh, Clyde's been up there, probably should have won the road course. Uh, you know, he was up there today, had spun out. He points, he finished second in the 500. If they had decided to call the caution a little later, he probably would have won the 500. He's up there. The reality is, um, is it the old school Hendrick Motorsports? They're always up there. No, not yet. But they're they're a factor again. Uh, today's race basically was three teams. It was, uh, there was one of every manufacturer. It was Hendrick for Chevy. It was Gibbs for Toyota, the four main Gibbs cars, of course, and then Penske. Um, everybody else after that, it was kind of uh, behind there. You know, uh, we probably are going to talk about one particular team uh, that really was god-awful today. Um you know, there's other Chevys that were up there. The JTG cars were up there uh, today. But, um, you know, Hendrick Motorsports, they're not at the, you know, Gordon Johnson 2007 level. But the potential because of the hunger when you have Will Byron, who's trying to actually prove he deserves to be up there. Uh, you have Rudy Fugel, who I bet Kyle Busch wishes he has. Uh, had um, as his crew chief right now. Um, you have Kyle Larson, who's on a redemption arc, uh, and he went out there and dominated today, led the most laps. Uh, his car was definitely the best car. The only other car that was in in the vicinity of him was Brad Keselowski, um, you know, and, and, and fundamentally he's, he's trying to go improve it in 2017. He had proven he belonged in this Cup Series. Uh, 2018 was rough. 2019, the first half of the season wasn't great, but he had figured it out. And by the playoffs, he was a factor uh, with the 550 rules package. And he probably was going to continue doing that in 2020. Uh, But now we're at this point right now. He's in this car in this ride with Hendrick Motorsports, best equipment he's ever been in in the Cup Series, uh, and uh, with a crew chief that's 
wanting to prove himself to. Uh, it is probably the start of things to come. As Spencer said, I think the first of many. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports isn't the end of them winning. I think all four cars are going to win this year, and it's a case of how many wins they're going to get. Uh, Gibbs is up there, no problem, uh, too, with uh, all four of their drivers, but um, and Penske as well. Uh, but that this is going to be a, a good old fight for this points championship. Hamlin's up there, got a lot of points because of the stage wins, but after that, it's a nice little uh, points battle after that for the rest of those teams. Yeah, and there's no question. Uh, Larson had to work for it today. He led 103 laps, but he got six playoff points for his win. Um, Brad Keselowski finished second, and he, you know, was probably the, as you said, the only car really in the vicinity of, of Kyle Larson. He won stage one, finished second in stage two, and finished second in the race. So Keselowski, of all the Penske guys, I mean, Ryan Blaney, I thought, had a really big day. Blaney, by the way, jumped nine position in points, went from 24th to 15th today uh, with his run with a third-place finish in stage one and a fifth-place finish in stage two. And finishing fifth in the race, he got enough, got a ton of points, stopped the bleeding on that 12 car, so that was a big day for him. But Kozlowski and Blaney really stood out to me. Logano was a little bit disappointing, and I thought uh, DiBenedetto had a pretty good day as well, but they had a little issue at the end of that race that cost them a, a good finish. Um, but you know, while Hendrick's been up there, and we saw Byron win last week, uh, Bowman was around for most of the day, and we know what Chase Elliott's done. He's still very high as well. Um, you know, you, you said it. There's a lot of competitive teams this year. Joe Gibbs Racing, none of their cars finished out of the top seven today. The lowest finishing Joe Gibbs Racing car was Chris Trebell in seventh. That's a very good day for them. Uh, Bush, Kyle Bush was out for lunch all day, but figured it out at the end finished third, Denny Hamlin fourth, and then Ryan Blaney talks about fifth. Um, but since you're a Team Pesky guy, Philip, and you're close to that organization, what are your thoughts on Brad's run today? We really, in my opinion, haven't seen Brad run uh, that good on a mile-and-a-half track since the crew chief change from last year. So I think this was a very big step in the right direction for him to go out here with Jeremy Boland and run as good as they did today on a mile-and-a-half track in the 550 package. Yeah, absolutely. Uh the, I think for Brad, they finished second in points. Uh, they, nobody was going to catch Clyde at Phoenix uh, last year. But for this team, similar to what Denny Hamlin is doing right now, you look at the four guys that were in the final four, and they're all in the top six in points. But Brad Keselowski's second. He has his first stage of win of the year. He's been solid. Probably should have won the Daytona 500. Um, it's going to bother me for a long time that he didn't there. Uh, but he has been consistent. Team is uh, um, in a good place. We don't know where Brad's going to be long term. I think there are some young guns that are out there that, you know, when you think about Penske racing, they may be angling to try to get in that car. You know, you also have Gumby is going to be in a 21 car next year. Um, the fact of the matter is Brad's trying to go and win a second championship to validate his career. Um, he's won all the other big races other than the 500. Uh, that second championship gives him, puts him at another pedestal. The five, being able to run this 550 package and run it well 
Uh, he had a good car early at Homestead as well. So, you know, they're running well. Early last year, they struggled. And then they picked up in the summer, and they were there when it mattered. They've kind of continued that momentum. And uh, this two crew, I think this is the long haul, the long game. They're they're trying to program for certain racetracks, which includes what we're going to see this time or, or on Sunday next week at Phoenix. They're really programmed on that racetrack. Michigan, you know, a few other probably – couple in road courses, you know, there are certain tracks because the way this playoff works um, and the way that things have gone where there's four different winners and none of them, I mean, Kyle Larson's the only one that's really, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell are like in the points right now, but um, it, right now it's kind of wide open uh, early in this season. Uh, playoff points have kind of been wild and, uh, uh, you know, for Brad Keselowski to run up front with Bollins, who struggled at times with Blaney, uh, they're they're figuring things out. They're putting themselves in a position uh, for for September when they have to come back to Las Vegas uh, and compete for a win that could get them into the next round of the playoffs. They didn't get the win that could lock them in, but this is a good learning experience towards what really matters, which is November at Phoenix to try to get to the final four. Yeah, for sure. And I, I totally agree with you. I think they, last year, if you remember from this two team, you remember, of course, but talking to the, to the audience, if you remember with this two team last year, they were really good on the shorter tracks. Uh, and it seemed like when a mile and a half came, they were still competitive but they weren't anywhere close to, to where, at least in my opinion, to where they could pull off a win. They're there now with that two teams, so that's a good step in the right direction. Uh, again, I, I talked a little bit about it earlier. Ryan Blaney in fifth, I thought that was a, a – I mean, to stop the bleeding and just to get himself into where he can build some momentum off a good run to start the year. Uh, he did everything he needed to do today. I don't think he could win because he didn't get the track position and really be up there. He started way back in the field, and that's another thing with him. What he did today was, sure, they're going to Phoenix next week, but he's going to start a lot higher in the, in the field because of where he uh, where he finished today. You go 6-2-10. It's a very interesting 6-2-10 in the rest of this field here. Uh, I want to get Spencer's take on two guys, and then we'll talk about two other guys who I was impressed with, but two guys who I was a little disappointed in. You've got six Martin Trix Jr., who was a decent car, finished 10th in Stage 1, Eighth in stage two and ended up in the race in sixth, but led one time for six laps. Was never really a factor winning. Uh, William Byron, or excuse me, uh, Christopher Bell in seventh, a good day for him. William Byron in eighth, he kind of fell off towards the end. And Joe Logano in ninth, Spencer. Um, I think when you pull a lot of people, most people said three names, and we'll get to the third one in a, in a little while here, but three names for today's race at Las Vegas as people who could win it. Logano was one because he's won here twice in the past, the spring race, uh, twice twice here in a row, and he was nowhere to be found today. Ninth in stage one, didn't finish in the top ten in stage two, and finished the race in ninth was not really a factor for the win. And the other guy was Martin Truex Jr., who I was a little disappointed in their runs today. Um, nothing to be too alarmed of, but could, would you agree that Logano and Truex were a little bit uh, disappointing today in their runs? Spencer? 
I mean, oh, yes and no. I mean, we're sitting here talking about two guys that just finished uh, sixth and ninth, and we're saying that's, you know, kind of an off day. But that's how good that – that's how good the 22 and the 19 are with Penske and uh, Gibbs. Um, yeah, but I would – you would expect those guys to be running top five. Um, but, I mean, like I that's why I say yes and no, because it still is sixth and ninth. But like you mentioned, they weren't really up there leading. Um, I would say uh, Logano is the one that I would say was more off than Shurex just because his two wins passed the last two times we've been here in the spring. And um, you, I would have expected him to be up and really um, competing for the lead. Um, but you just never saw that really out of both of them. But um, for the 22's sake, I would say I'm a little shocked that he wasn't further up into the field um, competing for the top three spots or the, even the lead. So nothing I would worry about really um, because, I mean, you look at Brad, you know, Logano's teammate, he finished second, was up there all day. So they definitely have speed. The 12 had speed. So if I was a Logano fan, I wouldn't worry. Just, you know, they just could have missed on the setup a little bit. Maybe the car wasn't handling the way they wanted to. So you got to think, you know, these tracks sit in the hot beaten sun for a whole year before these guys come back. So, um, you know, the track's, the track's not the same, you know, they could have brought the same notebook, but like I said, that track gets weathered. Um, you know, it, it gets rained on, it gets sunbeat, you know, that stuff takes a toll on pavement, um, mm-hmm. in just a year's time. So you can look at anything and say, you know, they just, they just kind of brought the wrong setup and they'll move on to uh Phoenix. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head for sure. Spencer, as far as who you'd be more concerned about is Logano. And it, we haven't really seen Joe Logano flex his muscles and as you look at him in the point standings, and you say, well, what are you talking about, Clayton? He's sixth in the standings. You know, Logano's been uh, a consistent race car driver. Ninth today, not a terrible day for sure. But, you know, to me, I just don't think we've seen him really flex his muscles yet this year to where, you know, you can feel really confident about a, Joe, a really good uh, Joe Logano run. Sure, he's led in every race, but 25th last week, they had some issues. The second in the road course is very good. But, you know, these are mile-and-a-half tracks are the bread and butter, and this is where, really where we see Logano uh, show up. And just a little bit alarming for me for Logano there. Um, he had a really good playoffs last year, so that's, that, that's a positive. But it just seemed like in this mile-and-a-half program today, they were a little bit off. And, and sure, when we get back to Atlanta here in a couple of weeks, back to the mile-and-a-half program, it could all change. I mean, the differences between today's race and Homestead are, are – there's a ton of differences in today's race at Homestead. It's crazy when you look at it. But, uh, yeah, I think you're right about Logano. Um, he was probably the most concerning of, of, of both him. But Truex, again, was, was just – you know, track position means so much. He lost it a little bit, and it just felt like he never really was able to get back into the top five. Uh, two other guys, though, when you round out the top ten and, and look right behind, behind that, uh, that were very impressive today that, that deserve a call – one, Eric Jones, and, and Jones didn't get any stage points, but another guy who got off to a wretched start this year. Every every race they ran in was tough this year for that 43 car. Uh, was really bad last week, and it just seemed like they were getting to that point in the season where you go, oh, boy, here we go with this uh, 43 team. They're, they're not going to be great. Um, and he finished 10th today, and that's very impressive for a mile-and-a-half track. Uh, he beat out anybody he's got an affiliation with. He beat both. Richard Childress racing cars today, so a solid run for Eric Jones in 10th. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr., give a call to him. This is the second week in a row where Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has looked really, really good in that uh, 47 car for, for 
JTG. Now, I know that's, you know, you look at it and you say 13th last week, wonderful, 11th, but he's got four straight top 20 finishes to start the year, 18th in the Daytona 500, 18th in the road course, 13th and 11th uh, at Las Vegas. Give him some credit. That's a very good run for that team. And even his teammate uh, Priest gets, deserves a little bit of a call there in 15th. So those three guys, Spencer Jones, Stenhouse, and Priest, I was really, really impressed with. What are your thoughts on those three guys? Yeah, they were all – they all did – I mean, I was most impressed with uh, Eric Jones because, you know, that 43 team, they've had – their struggles for the last few years. I mean, Bubba's had his runs here and there at at certain tracks, at a cookie cutter here and there, mostly short tracks and the super speedways. Um, Eric Jones is somebody that, um, you know, he, the, the talent he has probably was squandered by Gibbs. I look at him in a lot of the uh, same way as Joey Logano. Um, I I think this is a stepping stone for Jones. I don't think this is where he's going to end. Um, if he was to carry Jerry Baxter with him, I think it would make him even better. I'm surprised that that Jerry Baxter didn't move with Bubba over to the 23 team. I think that would have made things a lot easier for them um, in their uh, transition yeah, as a first-year team. But for Eric Jones to run up there after being buried on the back end of the field, uh, credit to them and that organization. Uh, you know, there's uh, the, the to be the, the best RCR car. Um, you know, the 99 has been up there so far this year. They struggled today, definitely. Um, even though they led, I mean, Daniel Suarez did lead. Um, has that uh, support from Marcus Lemonis, but um, they they were not the same kind of performance as they have been um, early so far in the first three races. Um, I mean, I also would say in regards to the JTG cars running up there, you know, Priest being an open car uh, to get a top 15, they've been up there all year. Um, and it's basically diff- the difference between priests going and running mods full time or not right now. Um, if they're able to stay up in points, if they're able to stay competitive, uh, priests has a job in the Cup Series. Otherwise, the 37's out the door, and you lose one competitive car, and we're going to have one car that's similar to certain segments of the population. Um, that just fill the field and they're not very good, um, like guys that go star show. So, um, but, you know, uh, Eric Jones, to me, was the big one with Jerry Baxter and only their fourth race together. Um, and, I, and I think it's a sign of things to come. I think it's not going to be every week, but they're going to have weeks like this, and they're going to be up there. And Eric Jones, just based on his talent, and Baxter, based on his talent, are going to be able to keep them up there uh, and and make them more competitive. The more road courses probably hurts them, but, you know, some of these other racetracks, uh, they can probably angle towards those, try to angle towards the Talladega or the Bristol Dirt. Uh, Martinsville is a big one. Um 
where Bubba's great at. I think Eric Jones is pretty good. Uh, the Richmond, those those are kind of places where Eric Jones could possibly go out there, get some points, and put himself in a position, even though he's dug somewhat of a hole for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he can kind of go and put himself back into play for the playoffs here in uh, 2021. Yeah, uh, no doubt. It, it was a a run he really needed to have today. Again, a couple of guys needed to have runs to stop the bleeding and, and to me, build momentum and start feeling good about themselves. And Jones certainly did that. Blaney, I mentioned earlier, and I think even Benedetto did that today. I know he finished 16th, but the speed was there for that 21 car, and you feel a little bit better about things. I think moving forward, I know he had a little bit of an issue with an air gun, I think, at the end of that race. So that hurt him in, in that 21 car But uh, from getting a top 10 run, but they were a pretty fast car for most of the day. Uh, going through the rest of the field, a couple of disappointments. Uh, Roush, after a really good week last week where Busher won a stage and Grindman finished in the top 10, they were out to lunch. Busher finished 14th, was a top 20 car at best all day. Newman, 18th, uh, was probably the best he was running all day as well. And uh, I thought Ganassi had a tough day today as well. Kurt Busch kind of just fell off from start, his seventh-place starting position, and Ross Chastain wasn't really a factor today either, so a little bit disappointing there. But Philip, the biggest disappointment of the day has to be Stuart Haas Racing, and it wasn't one of those races where, and one of those things where you sat there and you said, well, it was one race, kind of get over it. They didn't have a very good weekend last week at Homestead, but I'll tell you what, Harvick, with what he did today, and, and that's a great team with a great crew chief, a, a Hall of Fame race car driver, a Hall of Fame crew chief, in the prime of their career, I still think Harvick's in the prime, I know Childers is, um, to, to go out and finish 20th just a rough day. Uh, Chase Briscoe, 21st, uh, a bad day for him as well, although, you know, he's a rookie, so not a high expectations for him, but still. And then you have um, another tough day for uh, Cole Custer in 25th. And Eric Amarola, again, back-to-back weeks. He crashes. He hit the wall this week. It sounded like he blew a tire when he hit the wall, but he was not running good before that. Um I, on a scale of 1 to 10, what's your concern level with Stuart Haas Racing? Again, I know it's very early, but this is the second straight week we've seen this team just completely struggle. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, if we're if we're going to light off the, you know, if we're going to do siren alerts or whatever, uh, the performance today out of SHR was, uh, was atrocious. Um, I'm sure the boss man, whether he was with um, his uh, significant other at testing because they're going to be running at Gainesville next week, or if um, he's over still in Lake Havasu, I think he's going to be making an appearance uh, this coming week at Phoenix uh, because to not have one car, only have one car inside the top 20, when you're basically one or one A four team is pathetic. Um, Kevin Harvick has run well at Vegas before. He's a good one and a half mile track racer. He started on the pole and he dropped like an anchor. Uh, Briscoe had problems early, um, didn't really have pace, went down a lap was able to get his lap back and then eventually in the final run did lose a lap and finish right behind his teammate. 
they have been struggling. It's kind of been this way the whole year. They've shown flashes. Um, Homestead, they were two laps down. If they had lost those laps early, I think he would have gotten a much better finish. But otherwise, it's been a struggle bus. Um, and as a rookie, can't really expect much there. Um, the Almirola situation is is just atrocious. I mean, ever since he won that uh, duel uh, against the 23 car there, uh, it's been ugly. And uh, he's buried in points right now. He's 28th in points. He's behind both the rookies in Briscoe and Alfredo. He's only three points out of Matthew Benedetto, who's had an absolute abomination start. Um, the only people that are behind them are, are that have run all four races are Josh Balicki and Quinn Huff um, that are actually earning points. And, of course, Quinn Huff is Quinn Huff. So, I mean, it's it's a nightmare scenario for SHR. Uh, they in Boyer mentioned it on the telecast. Vegas is a hit-or-miss track for them. They've shown up there, and they've run well, and then there's other times where they're just completely out to lunch. Today was beyond being out to lunch. Like, they were at the casino pulling the freaking – they were sitting at the nickel slots, and they had no chance, and they were taking the cheapest beer you could find. Uh, they were absolute trash. Um, Phoenix – for a lot of these teams, I think Phoenix is more of the focus. Um, how they perform uh, next week, of course, at Kevin Harvick, one of Kevin Harvick's best racetracks. Uh, it's not one of Chase Briscoe's best racetracks. Uh, Custer ran all right in the fall. If uh, And, and Almirola has had his moments there. He's a good flat track racer. If they run this bad, uh, Phoenix next week, then there's real problems coming for SHR. When you consider how wide open this season is, you could say, well, maybe it's in their favor, but you need to be able to perform. Uh, there's something to be said about being able to perform through a whole year. Uh, if if you're able to show up in the playoffs, it's one thing. I think maybe that's what Kevin Harvick's doing, but um, it wasn't good. Uh, when, you, when you're one of the best teams in the sport and you only have one car in the top 20 and there's less than 40 cars in the field, uh, that's a pretty mediocre uh, situation for sure. Yeah, and only one wreck too, uh, which, which again is, is – and they were running 20, you know, back there anyway, about 25th anyway when that accident happened. But looking at the points, guys, we'll, we'll talk about the points. We'll take a phone call after that, and then we'll move on to the Xfinity Series. But – Looking at the points here, quick guys. Um, you know, you got four, the four winners of the season that are in really good shape: Michael McDowell, Christopher Bell, William Byron, and Kyle Larson. They're all in really good shape. Obviously, most likely locked in unless we get more than 16 winners. Other guys feeling pretty good about themselves: Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski, Denny Hamlin, Joe Logano. Even Kevin Harvick is high enough in his points right now to where he shouldn't feel alarmed. But there's a few guys who are surprises on both ends, and I want to get a take from both of you guys on on both ends. Um, on the good side, there's four drivers who I think when you look at it from that, from the, who are close to the playoffs, who were not in it last year: Ryan Priest, Chris Busher, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and Bubba Wallace. Priest is 13th, Chris Busher 16th in points right now, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. 17th, 
And Bubba Wallace, through all the struggles he's had, still 20th in points, which is not too bad. Um, Spencer, I'm going to start with you on this. Of those four guys, which one should feel the most confidence about making the playoffs? Priest, Busher, Stenhouse, or Bubba Wallace in your eyes, based on what you've seen in the first four races, which of those four guys should feel the most confident about making the playoffs? Um, probably Ryan Priest. You know, he, he's been good ever since the green flag, ever since qualifying um, at the Daytona 500. So, I mean, he ran great there. I mean, he's, he's ran solid for, you know, that, that organization. And really both of them have, even the 47, but, um, you know, you say, look at Priest, you know, 13th in points. You know, we're four races in. We've ran on every kind of racetrack there is besides a short track. We ran on a super speedway, a road course, and um, two mile and a half. So, you know, we've pretty much covered every type of circuit that we run on, and he's 13th in points. So um, that team has really brought a lot of a lot of um, a lot of speed. And with Priest being a a good race car driver, he's a hell of a will. He's a hell of a modified driver, um, but he has struggled in his Cup career. Um, but it, he showed he can drive and get good stuff out of when he has a good equipment. I mean, look what he did when he was with Gibbs in the Xfinity stuff. He didn't finish worse than the top five when he wasn't winning in those cars. So, um, you know, for him to be 13th in points four races in, um, I I feel like he should uh, he should be the most confident out of all of them to make playoffs. How about you, Philip? Of those four guys again, it's Priest, Busher, Stenhouse, and Bubba Wallace. Uh, you know, let's just get a quick run around here. Priest um, has been very good, as Spencer mentioned. Busher has been sort of mediocre. You know, we saw him on a stage, but he hasn't finished in the top ten this year. Stenhouse has been consistent with of all those four. And Bubba Wallace has shown flashes, but has had some trouble. Today was totally out of his control and just a, a broken part. It sounded like they had a uh, power steering issue where the power steering um, tube broke on that on that. Uh, 23 cars, so just some growing pains for that team. So you haven't really seen that team really f- spread their wings and show that what they've got yet. Uh, but of those four guys, Philip, what you've seen early in this year, uh, Priest, Busher, Stenhouse, or Bubba, who do you think has, should be feeling most confident about making the playoffs? And I think, Philip, you might be on mute there, bud. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to deviate off of what Spencer said there. I know he said Ryan Priest. I'm going to go with Busher. And it's not based on, yeah, sure, he won the stage at Homestead. I look at where he is and what he has proven as a driver going back to his Xfinity championship. He's more of a points guy. He's more of a we'll, – we'll see it as the season goes on. And we might be rolling into a deal where there's going to be a lot of winners. Uh and Busher is the kind of guy that can back into a win. He, of course, backed into the win at Pocono. I was there a few years ago. But he's a really good race car driver, too, and he knows how to earn points. And you think about how Ryan Newman made the playoff a couple of years ago, uh, and they had, that was just really grinding out points, didn't get stages, but stage points, but they'd get a good finish. Top 15 finish today wasn't the greatest race for them, but they were up there. Uh, you top 15 your way up there as the year goes on while other people kind of bottom out 
you know, that that's where you can go and get yourself in on the back end. And if you keep on building, you put yourself in a position to possibly make an advance in a round. Uh, that's, that's where I feel like Chris Buescher is capable. Um, Roush has taken a, somewhat of a step forward. Um, they weren't as good last year. I think they're a little better so far this year. I think the Ford, the smaller Ford programs, meaning Front Row and Roush, which I think have uh, an alliance, they've kind of shown up and are doing better. And, uh, you know, when you consider the Super Speedway program is top-notch for those two organizations, uh, some of these other tracks are kind of wild card tracks. Uh, Busher is a underrated road racer, and it, it you know with some sort of strat they could run, they could put themselves in a position to win. Um, I think Busher is the guy for me. Uh, that's a great point. I was going to say that if, if you didn't touch on it, was that of all four of those guys, probably the, the one who's had the most success on the road courses in the Cup Series. Um, has been Chris Buescher, and I think with the with road courses being such a a huge factor this year, um, that could play right into his hands as far as those four drivers are concerned. I'm going to go to you, Philip, first with this one. Then I'll get Spencer's take on it. There's four guys who are in a big hole, and this first guy is going to be surprising. I think you don't think of him as in a hole, but right now he sits 23rd in the standings. Tyler Reddick's had a little bit of a interesting, considering he finished second. Um, last week, but he's 23rd in the standings. Then you got Chase Briscoe, 26th, Eric Amarola, 28th, and Matt DiBenedetto, 30th. Of those four guys, Philip, um, which one you feeling the most concerned about about making the playoffs? Uh, Redick, Briscoe, Amarola, or DiBenedetto? I mean, I my personal bias aside being a Briscoe mark, um, I feel like he would do a Cole Custer and win one race and back in um, is how he would make it. The person I'm more, most concerned about is Matthew Benedetto for two reasons. One is he doesn't have a job for next year. Two, the the way that this season has started for the 21 team in a transitional year in multiple ways, knowing that Austin Sindrick is going to be in that car next year the Gen 7 starting. There are so many wheels in place. And then, of course, he's had a brutal start to this season. Um, is absolutely brutal for him. I, I mean, he's one of the more popular drivers in this sport. And uh, good story. I mean, the fact of the matter is he has a 28.5 finish in in four rate average finish in four races only uh, I mean he got wrecked out in the 500 and the three races he's finished he's at a 28 and a, or four races 28 and a half finish so it's crazy uh the 21 team had some good momentum last year at the end of the year or they made the play whatever and, and they were in a position uh the way this season has started, it it doesn't look good unless Matt Benedetto can go out and uh, win a race. And I mean, Bristol, he's really good at on when it isn't covered on dirt, but uh, <laughs> that won't be until the playoffs. So he's kind of screwed there. Um, he'd need a win at Talladega or 
the Daytona finale there in in August probably uh, to go or Martinsville maybe to go and make it in. How about you, Spencer? Um, it, you know, there's a couple of guys, maybe Reddick, maybe you think shouldn't be on this list, but uh, Reddick, 23rd and 4th. I was just shocked to see him there considering that he finished second last week. He didn't have a good run today. Uh, Briscoe, 26th in points. Amarola, 28th. And Benedetto 30th. Uh, Phillip says it should be Benedetto. What say you, Spencer? Who do you think should be most concerned of those four guys? I mean, I hate to be boring and pick the same guy, but I'm going to be honest, and I do think it's a 21. Um, just because, you know, I I, I really think the 10, um, you know, it's like like I say, it's still too early to kind of judge. Uh, but, you know, you based off of four races, I do think it's 21. Um, I think the 10 is going to have no problem. I mean, he ran really well last year, the 10 car. Remember he was on that uh, – those set of races where he was just clicking off top tens. And, um, I mean, it's Stuart Haas for crying out loud. We're not talking about Rick Ware racing. So, um, you know, Almirola, Almirola, it's not like he's a bum and can't drive. I mean, he, he, you know, he, like I said, he just, he can go on that hot streak and keep clicking off these top tens. And, um, and with Briscoe being a rookie, there's a, there's a lot of learning to go on. Um, we see nine times out of 10 rookies come in and they struggle. Um, you know, but he could back into a win like Cole Custer did, and the cars are fast enough. They are. They will be. Um, it's Stuart Haas, and so I mean, I feel like those two cars um, can eventually come through in the season and uh, get a win. I mean, like I said, Briscoe's a great driver. There's a reason he did what he did in the Xfinity series, is because he can drive. Um, Reddick, I'm not really shocked that he's there. I mean, it's RCR. You can look at the three and say, well, the three is never that far down in points. But, I mean, Tyler Reddick, he's still somewhat new to the Cup Series, and RCR still isn't the best team. It's not the top Chevy team that we see with Hendrick right now. So, um, the, I mean, like I said, I hate to pick the same guy as Phillip, but I, I really see it being the 21 just because, uh, you know, the track that he is so good at at Bristol is now in the playoffs like Phillip mentioned. So that eliminates a chance that he can go out and win and lock himself into um, the playoffs. So it's going to really be tough for them. They need to step it up now, not two weeks down the road, not three weeks, not four. They need next week at Phoenix, they need to pick it up because every race matters. You can keep getting yourself in a bigger and bigger hole, and guess what? It takes longer to climb out. So um, 21's in trouble. I, I Listen, you guys are 100% right. That 21's in trouble. I'm going to disagree with you. And the one thing I'd say about Reddick before I give you my pick, the one thing I'd say about Reddick is he, we haven't seen him really put together consistent full races yet. It seems like if he has a good finish, it's he comes through at the end like last week where he didn't get any stage points, but he finishes in the top 10 because he just had a tremendous last 50 laps. He's done that a couple of times. We haven't seen him really run off two or three where he's put two or three really good races together. For Reddick, it's my only knock on him in a Cup Series. I'm going to go Eric Amarola, guys. I'm sorry, uh, I I completely disagree. I think D. Benedetto showed today he has the speed in that 21 car, and if they get everything, even a little bit of luck on their side, everything's going to go right, and they're going to start clicking off some decent finishes here. At least put themselves in the conversation as far as well in a couple of weeks here, and you know, eight, ten, ten races into the season, they'll be a little bit better. Amarola's shown no speed this year, other than his Super Speedway. Uh, win at, at Daytona when he won the, um, the the duel. He's been slow as can be, and he's wrecked twice. Now, last week 
wasn't a mechanical failure. That was just a driver error on his part, and this week there was something going wrong. But, listen, you can't keep wrecking race cars and not having any speed. Those are the two things. If you don't have any speed, you know, you, you want to learn how to get the, the speed. And I'm concerned about Stuart Haas. I really am. I, you know, with the lack of practice in this Cup Series right now, it's hard. If you're off, it is hard, hard to, to, to get back in, into to where you can get some speed. And it's funny because Kevin Harvick's one of these guys that has been pitching hard for no practice, no practice, no practice. He might be a guy here in a couple of weeks. If this Stuart Haas racing team doesn't have any speed, he might be sitting here in a couple of weeks saying, hey, uh, we need some practice here on this four car because we've been really struggling. 917-889-8280, that's the number to call here. Clinton is calling the show tonight. Hey, Clinton, what's going on? How's it going, guys? It's been a while. It has been a while. What would you like to talk about tonight? Uh, hello, Spencer. Hello, Philip. And, of course, hello, Clayton. And we all know that we're here so we don't get fined, and we all love our Denny's PJs. You know, um, you know, Fox Sports made a very bold statement when they said that this is going to be the best year ever. Exponentially throughout the year, do you guys think that, you know, if we keep producing winners uh, that are brand new to each of the series and everything that this could be arguably one of the better years. I'll take that first. Uh, you know, I, I hate putting a, a – first of all, let me say this before I, I comment on this. I'm, I'm not a big road course racing fan. Uh, I want mm-hmm. short tracks. I've, I've been talking about short tracks. I understand that if you get into logistics, everybody's like, well, you can't really have a short track, the Cup Series, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I want to see it in trucks. I want to see them added to the Xfinity Series. Um, I'm not a big road course guy, so that doesn't excite me as it might the casual, the other fans who are big road course fans. And I know there's, I'm the only minority on that. I've said this numerous times in this program. I know I'm in the minority on the road courses. I just, I grew up a NASCAR fan. They run two road courses every year for forever since my whole life. And now all of a sudden they're going to run seven this year, seven points races. And so that to me doesn't excite me because I look at it and go, I don't care about formula one. I don't care about inside. I don't care about any of the sports car racing. It doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. Stock car racing does it for me. Short tracks racing does it for me. Um, And so, from that standpoint, I'm not excited about it. I'm excited that they got the dirt race. I think that was a bold move, but I hate that it's at Bristol. I, I think they, there's so many good uh, short track or dirt tracks around this country that could have hosted it. Don't give me the nonsense that, that they couldn't put uh, people that knocked at, at um, Eldora, 30,000 people at Eldora. You know, that's the reason why we couldn't go there because they only get 30,000. Don't give me that nonsense. It was because Bristol didn't want to lose a date. Um, I, my fear with that is, I hope it goes off without a hitch, but my fear is it can go disaster really bad. And if it goes really, really bad because of, of all the factors that, that aren't, aren't there at Bristol, we might never do a road course race again. That would be sad to me considering we shouldn't even be put in that situation. Um, I'm not a fan of this package, this 550 package either, but today's race was, was better than what we've seen where it gets logged out. You know, we, where you see a leader just get checked out. Now, I'll say this. If you look at, at the finish of this race and what people complain about at the end of these mile-and-a-half tracks is that there's a lot of car, There's not a lot of cars on the lead lap. Chris Buscher finished 14th today. He was the final car in the lead lap. And remember, we do stage racing now where they split stages in half, and you don't get to lap a lot of cars during those stages. So 
Most nope. of that lapping was done in the final stage. So when you look at it from that standpoint, you go, Does it, did it really keep a lot of cars on the lead lap, or is this sort of a product of it? So it's a bold statement NASCAR's making. I get it. They, they look at it, and they say, well, we're doing what the fans want with the road courses. I think the dirt race is, a, is certainly a, a good step in the right direction. I love the fact we're not going to Chicago. You know, I'm sure there's people in Chicago, Illinois, who are very, very annoyed about it. I love the fact we're not going there. I love the fact we're not going to Kentucky for sure. But, um, you know, I, I would like to see a little bit more before we put the greatest season ever because we've had some hell of a season, great seasons in this sport, and road courses didn't do that. But, um, but it's been very, very competitive early in this year. Four wins, four winners. But uh, who would have thought Christopher Bell won a race? McDowell's been very, very good. Uh, I think what's helping this is the fact that there's parity and there's a parts freeze on there, and we've sort of had to push the, the new car back, Generation 7 car, back a year. Um, I think that's really helped the parity in this sport this year. Uh, so, you know, we'll see, I guess is what I'm saying. But I think the parity's done a lot more than, at least for me, than the what I look forward, forward to right now in this schedule. But what are your thoughts? Are you, are you excited about this? Because, listen, I know, again, I know I'm in a minority with the, with the road courses, and there's a lot of people who like them, but do you agree with that, Clinton, as, as far as, as what NASCAR is saying is, is the greatest season ever? I think it was too aggressive as far as going that many road courses versus the two normal ones. And then you got to throw in the fact that uh, California was not an option and put us on the infield road course. So, I mean, it's a it, – it, as far as the Eldora versus moving over to uh, Hawkeye for the trucks and just uh, – and the dirt trucks, um, you know, I'm uh, – I, I think scheduling that many on the road courses was just too bold of a move who knows uh four or five months from now i might be tooting a different horn yeah it's going to be you know again i want to see what this road court this car does on the road courses and and um people are, are sitting there and they're looking at the circuits of america the americas and they're saying oh wow it's a beautiful racetrack i want to say something about that too by the way yeah personally Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off Oh no, no problem. Personally, I don't care what it looks like. I care how it races. You know, that's my that's my take on it. Uh, what What do you want to say? Final thing before we move on here, Clinton. A uh, gentleman that I've known since I first ever went to a short track in the 1970s, um, Jim Durhog. He moved on to uh, do SCCA, IMSA, and all the above, and. <laughs> I said that I'd love to see NASCAR on Coda. Well, he said, don't a heavy stock car on that track. Whether it's on the shorter version or the bigger version of the track. Well, <laughs> lo and behold, uh, six months later, we found out that we're going to Coda. So um, he has doubts. He says it's a very high downforce required um, venue. But uh, he said I could be wrong, but who knows? 
Interesting. I'm going to let Philip comment on that since he's got a lot of familiarity with uh, the Circuits of America and how he thinks it's going to race. Philip, what are your thoughts on, on what Clinton just said? Yeah, I mean, Clinton, thanks for calling in as always, man. Uh, love your support. Um, for me, they already had the test there. You had Clyde out there. You had Brad Keselowski. I forget who the Toyota representative was, but Truex. I think it's Truex. Okay, yeah. So, and Truex has made has shown he's been able to win on road courses uh, in multiple series. Uh, he's won three or four different tracks. I the, I think for Coda to me is a combination of what you get at Snoroma and Watkins Glen. You have the speed of Watkins Glen there. You have the twisty tight of Snoroma. And that in its own right with the hard braking zones, lower downforce. Uh, We saw that at the Roval, uh, Daytona Roval, uh, where you had to have those hard braking zones where they'd go and mess up on restarts. That first corner, there's going to be a lot of argy-bargy going on there. The, The hairpin at the back end of the circuit, then when you go down to the next breaking zone right after that, uh, there's three passing zones, which for most NASCAR tracks, yeah, you have two passing zones theoretically with an oval. Um, but, you know, for a road course to have three passing zones, especially with uh, road racing the way it is, um, I impl- I have, I'm cautiously optimistic about the racing that we're going to see, at least on the cup side. Xfinity side, I think there's just going to be a ton of carnage, and so in the trucks as well. But I think the cup side, with the strategy, even with the stupidity of stages, I think the Coda race should be all right. The IndyCars only had the one shot there, and they put on a pretty good show. Uh, It is a very challenging technical racetrack, which means um, it should suit those really good drivers. It's a driver's racetrack, so um, there's a reason why a certain guys, when they're more than anybody else in Formula One, uh, the cream will rise to the top there, similar to what we see at like a Darlington or things like that. And it's probably going to be the prettiest track we see on TV. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that that certainly is, a, I think, a, a um, popular sentiment among most people who go there. But, Clinton, thank you so much for calling the show. As always, uh, please please do return. Hey, I'm always tuning in. Thank you so much. We appreciate the support. Uh, that was Clinton again. And, again, you want to call the show, 917-889-8280. We'll talk about anything you want to discuss here tonight on Talking Circles. Moving on, guys, to the NASCAR Xfinity Series. We had a triple-header weekend at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Uh, it was the NASCAR Xfinity Series on Saturday, trucks on Friday. We'll start with Xfinity first. Adrian Amadinger, who um, running a full season this year for Call Racing, gets the victory. Uh, a, a very impressive win for A.J. Almendinger. Uh Finishing second was Daniel Hemrick. Brandon Jones third, Austin Sindrick fourth, and Noah Gregson in fifth. Uh, Hemrick to me, is a guy who has proven he needs to win some races. He got a step closer winning a stage by doing that, but it was A.J. who pulled through. Uh, we'll start with you, uh, Spencer Cowan, on this for the Xfinity Series. What are your thoughts on the Xfinity race from uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway? Yeah, it was okay. I mean, 
Um, hats off to AJ and man, what does Daniel Hemrick have to do to get into victory lane? Um, he he desperately needs a win. I mean, I just want to touch on him real quick. You, I mean, you look back on his career and um, from the trucks to Xfinity to Cup. I mean, the, I mean, he just hasn't been able to win. I mean, look at the Xfinity series when he was with RCR. He made the Final Four appearance twice in a row. Um, he was just he's he's one of those guys that are consistent. Um, not necessarily in Cup, but if you look back on his RCR days at Xfinity, he was consistent, and that's what it takes. I mean, look at Newman when he almost won the championship in 14. He was consistent. So, but when 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 do you start getting wins? You know, when is when is it that time to start getting wins to where you're like, man, I might not be around much longer if I don't. So, um, I mean, I'm not a fan of his. I mean, I like to see him do good. I'm not wearing his hat and t-shirts, but I sure would like to see him win some races. He's a good guy in the sport, nice guy. Um, but yeah, as far as, you know, the race, you know, AJ was fast. Um, he really wasn't there um, at the beginning of the race. I mean, he was there, but he wasn't like leading or right there battling for the lead. And um, that team is, that team's really gotten good over the past couple of years. Um, I feel like last year was their first legit year. Um, when they had Ryan Truex over there, they were, man, 15th to 20th place cars sometimes. Um, and then when they had uh, Blake Cook there, they made the playoffs a couple times, but they weren't that good. So I think in the last couple of years, that team's really gotten good, and um, they deserve to be in victory lane. I mean, look, Haley ran down Hemrick, so that car also had speed. And then Jeb Burton, he finished inside the top ten as well, or right outside the top ten, I can't remember. But um, that team has really found some speed. I think that team works hard. Um, they're an RCR affiliate, so, um, they got good motors in their race cars and for AJ to go out and win on an oval and be in the playoffs this early is good. And he's definitely a contending, a contender for the championship. If you ask me. Heck yeah. I mean, um, he's a guy, a veteran. We, we know AJ from his time in cup. Uh, and it seemed like his career was virtually over Philip. You probably remember him from his days in open wheels as well, but, um, listen, it, it seemed like his career was over after the 47 debacle, and it was a debacle. I mean, it was it was pretty bad there. He, he was not running very good. He was frustrated. Uh, he came out and admitted that basically he was no longer what he considered saying having fun, uh, took over this team on a part-time basis a year ago, and he'd really been running the road courses for a, couple, for a couple of years prior to that. But he's running the full year this year, and listen, mile-and-a-half track, this is our bread and butter in this sport. For Almadinger to go out and do that against – some very good drivers at Joe Gibbs Racing. Hemrick, uh, you also had uh, Brandon Jones up there. Cindric, who's got has had a pretty good year. I mean, Gregson's had some speed in the mile and a half this year. So he did a very, very good job on, on Saturday. Um, what are your thoughts on Almendinger's win, and, and uh, what do you think his chances are for the championship this year, Philip? He has a great shot at this championship, and the fact that him and Cindric already have a little bad blood uh, going back a couple weeks to the Daytona road course um, is a nice little uh, side story uh, in regards to the, you know, kind of like the wrestling angles itself. But, you know, for him to go and get a win, uh, Snyder was nowhere uh, on Saturday, got involved in a couple wrecks, whatever. Uh, AJ Allmendinger going and getting that win. They're only the, he's only the third regular to get a win out of four races. So uh, he's going to make a lot of hay in in the some of these 
well, of course, races along with Sindrick. They're going to make a lot of points there. I think Sindrick is probably going to go and win this regular season title again um, with relative ease. Hemrick is a guy that if he can win a race, if he wins, I think the floodgates will open. He has always been a consistent driver, and uh, whether he's in a truck or Xfinity car, he never really was given the shot in the Cup Series. Um, I don't think one year in RCR equipment when they were basically a third-tier team is a way to judge a driver, but whatever. Uh, he's second in points right now, one stage win. Um, he's going to be up there all year. Uh, uh, Spencer brought up all the college cars. They are fourth, fifth, and sixth in points. Uh, the college team is up there with the Gibbs guys. The They're the second, third, and eighth. And uh, RCR, basically, if you consider my, my time, of course, is actual RCR car, are fourth through seventh. So you you have a lot of the big names there. The one team that's definitely missing is uh, Junior Motorsports for the exception of Gagson, uh, who just got in uh, to the cutoff spot uh, this week. I mean, Net, I mean, is Michael Net, uh, but uh, all guyers outside the the cutoff right now. Uh, you consider Riley Herbst in the 98 car. Uh, he has, I don't think he has a finish of value all year. Um, you know, that's that's something to look at as we go through the season. All guyers had a really brutal start to the year. Uh, probably is going to need a couple of wins to really get things going. Um, but, you know, right now it, it looks like it's Gibbs, a colleague who's building towards getting the cup, and, of course, Austin Sindrick, who's looking to try to repeat here. But um, A.J. Allmendinger definitely does have a chance. Oh, for sure. And a couple of guys I want to give a, a call out to for their good runs on uh, Saturday. Um, Brandon Brown in 11th, a very good job by him. Josh Berry in 7th, who, you know, still learning how to do this on, on these Xfinity cars. Not a bad finish for him as well. Santino Ferrucci, not a terrible finish for him in 13th for that team. And Tommy Joe Martin's in 15th. Uh, Tommy Joe, I think, was even a little bit better than that for most of the day. So, it's a good job by him to get a top 15 run. Um, so, those guys there. You hit the nail on the head with a couple of guys, Philip, who really struggled this year. I mean, uh, Herbst in, in the 98, he didn't have any – it wasn't his fault. A lot of these wrecks haven't been his fault, but like I like to say, you know, it evens itself out one way or another. Uh, you know, he's caused a lot of wrecks in the past that's taken out other drivers. So, you know, it's almost like, you know, it's it's evening itself out here. Um, just being completely honest with that. Allgaier, 15th in the standings. You're, you're right, he needs to step it up a little bit as far as – it's again, it's not really his fault – but you want to see that team starting to rattle off some decent finishes to get that momentum building and to get towards that playoff push. Still very early in the Xfinity Series season, but uh, you know a Phoenix racetrack coming up here for the Xfinity Series um, that Allgaier, as a veteran, should should at least run pretty good at. Um, moving on to the Champ Series event here from uh, from Friday, uh, it was a win, a run that was one of the, I think one of the most impressive runs of recent memory for a driver in the truck series. I'm going to start with you, Spencer, on this. Um, 
you know, John Hunter Nemechek with an absolutely tremendous run. He led uh, 94 of the race's 134 laps, won stage one, finished second in stage two to his teammate Kyle Busch. Now, Kyle had some issues, had to go to the rear of the field. But, listen, John Hunter was able to hold off Kyle Busch. He did a hell of a job there at the end of that race. Um, a very, very, very impressive win for that four-car, four-truck, excuse me. And I think something that we're going to see more of as the season goes along. What are your thoughts, Spencer, on the race from Vegas for the trucks? Yeah, I mean, John Hunter was brought there for one reason, with Toyota and KBM and um, all the sponsors was to win races. Um you know, I thought it was a it was a decent race. You know, for him, you know, you look at it, those trucks for the past couple of years have only won when Kyle Busch were in them. Um, his drivers weren't doing a whole lot. And now they got a young, I say young, um, I guess he's the same age as me. Um, so you get a guy in there like that and that is so determined and works so hard and he, he wants to win. You know, he I don't see... You know, you can sit there and say, oh, he went from the cup to trucks. But I got news for you. Winning truck races is a lot better than finish 23rd in a cup car. It just is. You're going to victory lane, you're getting trophies, and your your, your name gets out there. And um, I mean, you, you look what he did with his dad's team, with Nimco. Um, you know, he had the little small team, the eight truck, almost made the final four one year. Um, I mean, he's 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 really good. You know, he, he won a, an Xfinity race with Ganassi. So he's been in good equipment, and he shows he can win in good equipment, and he just proved that again. So really, every team he's been with, he's won in, um, which is very impressive. That goes to show that he has a lot of talent. Um, this is week four, and I'm saying now he'll be your champion um, come Phoenix with the trucks. Um, I think he's going to wow. win a lot of races this year, and he he's going to be your champion. I just He's that good. I mean, I mean, he just showed it. He just beat one of the best of all time. Um, yeah, when it comes to NASCAR, so um, I mean he's good, he really is. So uh, he'll be your champion, and he'll hoist that trophy and get KBM back on top where they belong. Well, listen, if John Hart does that this year and has a year you expect him to have, that you're saying that would be, and anybody who questioned that move for him to start the year, it would be a step in the right direction. It would be, I mean, more than he could even imagine because you got that 2311 team that's supposed supposedly looking to expand here in the next year or two. Um, and he could be a an option if he starts winning races. There's people going get that kid in a, in a big time Cup car. Uh, it was, but it was a very very impressive win. Kyle Busch second though, and and it, like Kyle Busch seems to do, Philip. Uh, every time he runs in these in these, you know, lower I hate to call them low division races, but the other ex- extra races in the season uh, in a weekend here, he seems to be have be a storyline that whether he wins or whether he um, you know you know, wins every race he starts in or has a spin that looks suspicious, let's say, um, on Friday night at Las Vegas. What are your thoughts on that? I know we we kind of had a similar situation where Bubba Wallace spun but did was admit to it, which he shouldn't have obviously shouldn't have done a, a week before, uh, which I thought they shouldn't have penalized him after he did it, after he admitted to it. But he admitted to spinning on purpose. Kyle came out and said – uh, you know, kind of never didn't deny it, but he certainly didn't say, "Yeah, I spun on purpose." Um, but what were your thoughts on that? A lot of people felt like maybe NASCAR should take action against Kyle Busch for that. I think a lot of people felt like NASCAR shouldn't take action against Kyle Busch for that. That sort of gamesmanship. What were your thoughts on a spin for Kyle Busch there? 
Did you think it was intentional, and do you think there should be penalties following that? I mean, there you, we could get into that. There's people that have done that. Junebug did it years ago at Bristol. Um, you know, the, the notion is Kyle Busch was already having a having issues with that cut tire one and two. He had to save it, I think, um, coming off of four or something. There, I might be mixing it up with something else, but he he was going through one and two. He was driving it, and he's one of the best. We, we, we've already talked about two guys earlier already in regards to driving and winning this weekend that have great car control in um, Larson and A.J. Allmendinger. And, of course, Kyle Busch is also in that uh, category as somebody who has great car control, um, or in this case, truck control. But when you know that NASCAR is going to go and throw a caution, uh, a perfect uh, example was today when Clyde got spun in the middle of the field. They didn't even give him a chance to save his car or see if he's going to roll. And they were already throwing a caution before his spin was done. Um, The fact of the matter is he finished his spin, he saved it because he's, William Clyde Elliott II, and he was rolling. There was no point of throwing a caution. Uh, prior to 2001, that wouldn't have been a caution. Dale Earnhardt, I remember, spun out at Martinsville one year and spun out in front of the whole entire field. Smoke did a whole burnout and everything. They didn't throw a caution. Uh, there's something to be said about not throwing yellow. Um, Kyle Busch, to his credit, being as smart as he is, being as sharp as he is, uh, decided to just sit there. Um, Nonek did it years ago. Um, got the caution, was able to get the tires, come back. Uh, John Hunter had had a freaking rocket ship under him. He hired John Hunter for that exact reason. He sat there and he said it. He's like, that's the reason why I hired him. I wanted a guy that can go and win races. And he no-sold the fact that he went and basically stopped there. Um, I mean, are you going to do penalties? They're not going to penalize Cowboys. You're not going to penalize Toyota. It's the way NASCAR works. They're they're going to just no sell it. Um, Kyle Busch stopped there on purpose. Um, everybody, anybody that isn't a Kyle Busch fan knows that he did that, and everybody knows that NASCAR did that because it's Kyle Busch and whatever, and they're just going to go and sweep it under the rug. But, you know, whatever. I, I, yeah. I'm just glad that John Hunter Nemechek got that win, um, <laughs> sure. you know, because it, it would have been worse if the car, if the truck owner had gotten the win after bringing out an intentional yellow. Um, John Hunter's a good kid. He's a, he's a guy that has had his moments one way or the other, but he's a guy that is going to be around the whole entire year. For sure, and um, I, to me, you don't want to get start getting into the situation of trying to predict uh, whether or not a driver spun out on purpose. And I don't. I think NASCAR, for the, to their credit, has done a good job of that. They've only fined people when and suspended people, or not suspended, but only fined or penalized people when there's been evidence that 
it was intentional. And when Bubba came out a couple, of, I think it was last year or the year before, where he came out and said, "Yeah, I spun on purpose." That was evidence that they spun on purpose. The spin gate deal, that was pretty obvious. I mean, that was very obvious. They had a whole system in place. Um, Kyle, again, we can speculate. Sure, did we? He probably did do it, but we don't know for sure. You know, it's hard to prove that. And you don't want to get to a situation where some guy legit spins and NASCAR says, oh, you're, you know, we, we, killed, we, spot, we penalized Kyle Busch for it, but we're not going to penalize this guy. I don't think that's fair either. I know, Spencer, you wanted to touch on this with Kyle Busch. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you think he should have been fined or, or penalized for this? Absolutely, because I can tell you right now, if Timmy Hill, Garrett Smithley, or some random um, non um, big name driver in NASCAR did that, they would be fined. I feel like if you are going to f- find somebody else for doing it, you must find that guy. Kyle Busch, um, I mean, for crying out loud, he's so, he's so good. I mean, there's no way. I mean, when you're asked a question and you deny, you don't want to talk about it, well, I mean, odds are you probably did it. You know, if, if you know, if, you walk up and sucker punch Philip in the face, and you go to jail for it. But I walk up and sucker punch Philip in the face, and I don't go to jail for it. How is that fair? You know what I'm saying? I feel like if you do it intentionally, because you want you don't want to go a lap down when you pit under green, because you know you're so damn good that you start 20th on a restart, you can make it up back to the front because Kyle Busch is that good, and he knew if the caution didn't come out, his chances of winning that race was over. So, I mean, you. It's what Phillips says. They're consistently inconsistent. Um, you know, you have to keep the rules the same. I mean, you can look at it and pretty much tell when a guy intentionally spins. Kyle Busch with a flat tire going at the speed that he was going, eh, probably isn't going to spin down. And that's a compliment to Kyle because he's that damn good. He can drive a race car with a flat tire. So, um, you know, I just I feel like if you're not going to find anybody, you can't find somebody else. But I can tell you right now, if somebody else was in that race car, they would have been penalized. So, um, it just it it bothers me that it is the way it is. You know, it's it's almost like your little league team. The co- the coach's kid pitches because it's favorites. You know what I'm saying? So right. um, absolutely, it's, it's it's pretty annoying. Pretty annoying. Uh, it's a fair point to that. I'm not sure if they would have penalized somebody if they felt that they um, intentionally spun to get on pit road, like you mentioned, like what Kyle did. I'm not sure they would have done that if, if if Dawson Cran did it or if somebody like that towards the back end of the field that nobody really knows had done that. But I'll say this, the uproar wouldn't have been as big as if they did it to Dawson Cram, unfortunately, as if they did it to Kyle Busch. Um, it, it's, I just think NASCAR, unless there's hard evidence, extremely hard evidence, um, and they could probably go in if they really wanted to and look at the, the throttle, but either way, it's hard to prove that a guy in a truck series, I'm not sure they have the, the same um, data that the Cup Series has, but it's hard to prove when a guy loses control naturally or not. It's really hard to prove that. And if there's conversations on a radio about it, that's not good. Um, and if somebody comes out and says, yeah, I did it, you know, a week later, that's not good either. And that's why when Bubba did it, I, I was in the thing of, well, he shouldn't have said that. that was, I thought he was really kind of dopey to say that on his part. But it's almost like if Kyle Busch comes out four weeks later, you know, at, at um, I don't know, Pocono this weekend and comes out and says, oh, yeah, when I spun out and joking about it, 
should NASCAR go back and find him for that? Because he said that. You know, it, it, to me, that's why I kind of didn't understand uh, when Bubba Wallace, when they find Bubba Wallace for it, you know, he got away with it at the time. He should get away with it. To me, the penalty should have happened either, you know, the Monday or Tuesday. He shouldn't have waited until Saturday to find him. But uh, it is what it is. But again, I don't want to get NASCAR to get into that business of because they're you're right, they're inconsistent, and and the fact that they are so inconsistent, and we entrust them to try and figure out whether a guy spun or not, and they're making that call. I don't want them to make that call. No way, no way do I want them making that call. So as much as I would love to see them hands off as possible, as much as possible with any rule. So um, that's the way I, that's the way I stand on it here. Uh, final thing, guys. Of course, we got our picks coming up. This is something that um, we've done a little bit this year here. Uh, if you're not familiar with the points format, if you're listening to the show for the first time and wondering what's going on with the with points, so let me just explain the points format again quick. So you get five points if your driver wins. Uh, if your driver gets the top five, you get four points. The driver gets the top ten, he gets three. Top 15, two. And the top 20, you get one point. Um, and then your dark horse pick, which um, I, I kind of leave it up to my discretion as far as who's a dark horse driver and who's not. They get double the points. So if your dark door curse driver somehow pulls off a victory, you get 10 points, and et cetera, et cetera. So it goes on from there. Uh, eight for top five, uh, six for a top 10, and four for a top tw- 15, and two for a top 20. That's uh, your dark horse pick. So um, that's where we're at right now as far as the points are concerned. Uh, heading into uh, Homestead, or excuse me, Las Vegas this this week, Spencer had a lead over me by 12, and so he led Philip by uh, 19 points. Uh, it was 25 points for Spencer, 13 for Clayton, and then Philip had six. And uh, after Phoenix, this, let me recap the points. Oh, can Jesus <laughs> Christ, Spencer laughing. This BS. It's a Daytona 500. I got screwed on the Daytona 500 because I did. picked. I it's you because did. of Eric Almarola. I should hate. Yeah. I should never eat Smithfield bacon ever again because of <laughs> no excuses. Philip this week picked Harvick, who finished 20th. But Matt Benedetto was dark horse, got two points. Uh, I picked Martin Truex Jr., who got three points. He finished sixth. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. finished 11th. That gave me four points for a total of seven. And then Spencer picked Denny Hamlin this week. He got four uh, four points in the fourth place finish for him. And his dark horse was Ross Chastain. He ended up 23rd, and that means zero points. So now going into Phoenix, uh, Spencer 29 points. Um, Clayton 20 points. And uh, – and Philip has eight points. So I'm going to let Philip pick first since he's, uh, you know, trailing everybody here. Uh, your pick for Phoenix, and then give me your dark horse, Philip. So pick for Phoenix. I'm I'm going to go with uh, recent history. Uh, also with the fact that Hendrick Motorsports is kind of on a heater, two races in a row for them with their new guys in a sense with things that are kind of new, new crew chief on the 24, new driver on the five slash 48. Clyde uh, goes out there, gets another win at, uh, at Phoenix. I seem to be like the curse anyways, but I I don't figure I can curse William Clyde Elliott because he can't do no wrong. He does. He won't get any disease. He won't get any virus. He's Superman. Um, I think Clyde goes out there and gets a win uh, for my uh, dark horse pick to go out there and do something 
Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Tyler Reddick. He's, of course, 23rd in points, um, has the one second-place finish, but otherwise it's uh, wrecked at Daytona in the 500. Uh, it's kind of an ugly start to the year for him. He's good at Phoenix. Uh, he had a good run at Phoenix going in this race last year, blew a tire. Um, he is a guy that could go out there and um, it's going against my religion. I'm not a Chevy guy, but I'm picking two Chevy guys. So it doesn't matter. I'm so far back. At the, I might as well go for it. Let's go for two Chevy guys. Hey, no, they're, they're solid picks for sure. Chase, obviously uh, we know his history here and Reddick. I mean, he's a, he's a hell of a race car driver. So, um, solid picks. I'm going to, I'm going to pick Mike. I'm going to make my picks now, if I can speak correctly. Uh, I'm going to go Denny Hamlin this week, guys, as my, pick. Uh, I just think Denny is, is waiting to have a huge, uh, a race where he completely dominates this year. And I think Phoenix is going to be his weekend to do that. I know he'll leave Harvick on the board with his, um, his best racetrack. And I think that's probably a little bit dangerous, but I'm going to go Denny Hamlin. I just don't like where this four is right now. And my dark horse uh, this week, um, I'm going to go – jeez. Uh, I'm going to go Chris Buescher. Um I, I like where the 17's been. Um, I feel like this is a, a, a decent track for Busher in the past. He's got a, a decent history here. So that's going to be my dark horse is uh, Chris Busher. I know he's not really a, a guy – a dark horse per se, but he's still um, – you know, a guy that no, nobody expects to really go to victory lane uh, too much. Spencer, pick a dark horse. Uh, my pick will be uh, Brad. Okay. And pick. would you cons- would you consider the forty three a dark horse because of the team or no? Yes, absolutely. Okay, I'll take him. Okay, Eric Jones. Uh, the dark horse. So recap real quick, guys, going into Phoenix. Phillips got Chase Elliott. His dark horse is Tyler Reddick. Uh, Clayton, me, that's uh, Denny Hamlin as my pick. Chris Butcher as a dark horse. And Spencer has got Brad Keselowski as his pick. And Eric Jones as his dark horse. Phoenix this week, guys, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, doubleheader weekend this weekend. No trucks for Phoenix. They run again at Atlanta Motor Speedway in a couple of weeks. Um but Phoenix Ford, they're both a Xfinity series and the Cup series moving forward. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank Clinton for coming in. Uh, great show tonight, guys, as always. And we'll be back here next week recapping Phoenix for everybody. We'll see you next time on Talking Circles. Good night, everybody.